John Greaves. Greaves worked for United between 1989 and 97, and he was the kit man for United. But but like Derek French, he offered so much more than his actual day-to-day role. Uh, Greaves was another character whom the camaraderie, the sense of humour he offered were massive to both Harry, the coaching staff and the players. He was a local lad who was a plasterer by trade and had coached locally, sort of Denneby Dern, and, in, and then had gone over to the States to do some coaching. But then he became involved with the United Junior teams. He was offered an opportunity to help out the first team in the role as kit man and ended up staying for eight years and then followed Bassett uh, to Forest in the same role and um, I think Barnsley as well before he returned to his roots of youth coaching, which he still does to this day. We managed to chat to Greaves over the wonders of Zoom as we look back at this magnificent time to be a blade. How are you doing? Hello, you are all right? Yeah. Good stuff. Uh, first question, John. Um, what was it like to be part of that, that squad and that, that era and under Dave Baskin? It seems such a great collection of characters, obviously really successful period. What, what was it like that period? It's like being on your holidays. I never looked on it like a job. It was, um, they were just a special group. Uh, just a real good time to be in a club like that. Uh, it's strange. It's, I've been catching up actually with the 30 years that you've, like people have been sending yeah. uh, stuff like that. But trying to remember and look back. It was brilliant, really, to be part of Sheffield United in them times. I never looked on it as a job. It's just like a, a, just one long big party, really, that never really wanted it to end. Were, were, you, a Blades, were you a Blades fan? Or, I knew you no. No, okay. I've come up, I'm from Denneby. Yeah. And when I was 14, one of my uncles took me to Sheffield Wednesday, Manchester United, Old Trafford. And I've been a Man United fan. You were going to think I was going to say Wednesday. Yeah, I'm worried. Worried for a minute there. <laughs> I'm going to cut you no, off. No, I wouldn't. Yeah. And I went to Old Trafford as a kid. And at that time, it was just recovering from playing Crash. And they were always in news and kids' comics and stuff. And I just got an affinity to do that. But Sheffield United, a lot of lads from Denneby, Mexbe, Swinton, like Jeff Sammons. Frank Barlow, Stevie Golden's brother, uh, all them played at Sheffield United. So you always sort of, and Alan Woodward and Tony Curry were really good players. And I like football. I like football first and foremost. And uh, I got a little boys team in Swinton and we played Sheffield United juniors when Wardy and and Dane and them played and Matt Dickens. And Keith Minchin what? in charge at youth team and I went to school with him and uh, he's, he just invited me to come and work with the young kids on school holidays. I don't know what he saw in me or what and uh, he opened the door and I walked through it and the rest is history really. <laughs> Brilliant, yeah. Three years later, three years later, Harry, Harry wanted a full-time kit man with him and Minchin wanted somebody to her with kids a bit more so I filled two niches really. Yeah. And, and and going on to that kind of that series that you know specifically the BBC series, how did how did people feel about kind of the cameras sort of being around, sort of in the dressing room? I think it was a bit. People were apprehensive at first. You know, I mean, dressing room is private, very private. What goes in there goes in there. What's you know, it stays in there really. 
Um, but I don't want once there was a lady called Louise, I think, who had directed it or whatever. She was always around there. And I just remember walking around with some gear and Brad's just like right in front of me, just dropped the lot. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've got to get changed, you know what I'm saying? Uh, get changed. And I thought, oh, well, that's broke the ice on that. And <laughs> and that, that really, uh, as I say, I'm sure everybody was a little bit cautious and apprehensive uh-huh. at the time. But, you know, as time went on, they were always there training ground, um, dressing room, corridors. And then on game day, that were different because they were there game day. And that's usually, as I say, very, very private. Not many people in locker room, dressing room. And uh, I think once once two o'clock comes and Harry goes into his, his what's happening, French is busy, uh, I was very busy. Everybody's sort of focused on the job, really. Mm. And you become oblivious to them then. Well, it made for great TV. I mean, obviously, the way it culminated with the promotion, it, it, it couldn't have gone any better, really, could it? No, no, it couldn't. I mean, to... I don't know if they were going all year round or going to go all year, but I, I don't know that. I, as I say, I, I was just told, uh, just make them, give them access to this and that and don't put any blocks in the way and just get on with it. Good stuff. In, in, in terms of your role, obviously, you know, you, you're working for, for, for Harry and the management, but you're there to kind of support players. Did, did you see yourself with one or the other with that group or was it not, not really like that? No, no, Harry... Harry told me from day one that I worked for him uh, and I just had to, players, players' job was for players to play and we had to provide the best environment for them to play in. Yeah, I'm sure well, like when you're on the staff, some, some players, the insecure ones will be a little bit, oh, I, I've got to be careful, but after a while it was brilliant, we travel with them. I mean, me and Frenchie, we used to know when it was time to go. Hmm. When it was, when... When it was going to happen, when smoke was going off, it was our turn to disappear. In fact, some of them, the, the older senior ones, used to give us a nod, right, old guys, off you go. And we couldn't, we couldn't say anything next day then. We knew <laughs> what had gone off. We knew exactly what had happened, but we just... Weren't they scrapping on the bus anyway, Harry and, uh, and Brad, as most of the time? <laughs> that was a regular fun thing, that. <laughs> That was just a regular get rid of some energy, I think. <laughs> Funny to watch all that. Oh gosh. Um, just into in, in kind of uh, obviously you know what you were doing and stuff and, and, and sort of the kits and we, we which player was kind of was there anyone who was a bit more demanding than others or a little bit more fussy in terms of what they wanted or were they all you know pretty easy to kind of work with and provide for? They were all easy, really. There were all, there were no big time Charlies. That, that was just. I don't know. I mean, I just played for Denneby United and I looked on that dressing room and they just seemed like a, a real, you know, they were just a bunch of lads who loved playing. I know it was their job, but no, there, there were no nobody like over demanding. We used to, like you did, if I've watched that video a couple of times or that, that programme and I can hear my name screaming from all different angles. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, like bees would want smelling salts, rubbing oil, scissors, plastics. <laughs> he was a great kid, bees, loved him. And in the end, Clint Hodges and them old lads, they used to put everything they had, they used to put it around his, 
where he sits. <laughs> He'd always have a dip in and touch of everything. And we used to smile watching him do it. Um, yeah, I mean, Messi than others. No. It, it seems a lot easier these days in terms of every every club's got like three or four kits in terms of like combinations and stuff. And I think back to those days, certainly in that season, I think we had a home kit and a away kit. And I think I read we had, but we had to use like nine or ten different combinations that season to avoid short socks. These days, they seem to let them wear the same shorts, and even in the Premier League. It, it annoys me, Mark will tell you. <laughs> it's a pet eight of his. I see kits like where they're almost the same colours, like blue and green, and it, and it winds me up. It, it seemed a lot harder then to kind of provide and make sure everything was sorted. Is, is that fair, do you think? Yeah, but most clubs only had two, didn't they? Yeah. they because they couldn't, if anybody wanted a third one, and the say Umbro hadn't made one, like that white kit, for instance. Oh, uh, Sunderland. I went and got that all white kit. <laughs> went over for some track tools, and I know we were playing Palace away. Uh, Whichever combination we had, I've got to think we were playing in that blue shirt at time, that dark. Oh, yeah. So, whatever we had seemed to clash with Palace's like, um, uh, red and blue stripe type things. And I told Harry, he says, go over there and see if they've got anything. <laughs> and I just put my Sunday league head on, went rudely through some boxes and saw this white shirt and I thought, wow, that's fantastic, that. <laughs> and I, I'm sure I remember Sheffield United when I was a kid playing in a, an all-white kit with a red crew neck. As in a, uh, maybe I'm wrong, but I had that picture in mind. Anyway, they only had about 30, so I took the lot. <laughs> we, we said, don't play in them anyway. We had Labour put on them and all that. When we played in them, everybody wanted one and the shop went nuts because they couldn't get any to sell. <laughs> I don't think at that time, anyway. So, but, so you, you, you've team, kit man, you're a sportswear designer now as well, and a, <laughs> a retail man. David Barnes called me Johnny Nine Jobs. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what's your favourite kit in your time at, at United? I mean, you can see, obviously, I've got, I, I've, I've gotten in every yeah. kit that they've ever had. Apart, I couldn't get that white one they wore because they didn't, they didn't release it, but I've got every other kit. What, I've got what, one. Have you? Send it over. There's one hung up in Swinton with Corky and Bobby Davison. So. What, what was your favourite shirt, your favourite kit? That red and white stripe with laces across. Okay. And that, that lime green one we played at last year. Yeah. Hands down, they were best two. For me. I think they run out of stock, didn't they? When they were selling it to fans, the, the, you know, the one I've got on, they couldn't, they couldn't yeah, they, make it off. It was massive. It was... Uh, it was a game changer, wasn't it? I mean, in terms of colour, and there weren't nobody with anybody as. I think Harry liked powerful. He liked that powerful kit stuff. So, but did it? Did anyone at the club have any input to that then? Because obviously that was the massive one. Uh, was it all from Umbro, or did anyone sort of? I think mainly from from manufacturers Umbro. They come over at a specific time, uh, showing you what their designs are for. The following year, projected designs. Uh, do you like this? Do you like this? Usually, they gave it were like three or four. And some were very nice to look at. And Andy Dakin, we've been commercial guy, Derek Dooley, and uh, and Harry, they would get round the table and he'd call me around and just, I think, out of courtesy, really. And I stood there, and as soon as I saw that red and white stripe with laces in, I knew that were a winner. And uh, 
the lime green one, I just thought, wow, look at that. We could yeah. pull that up, it would be great. I actually like the black shorts with the lime green trim that went with that. Mm. I thought they were really nice then, but yeah. Yeah, Umbro mainly come and tell you, because they're paying the money, see, they're giving you the money. What did the players think when they saw it for the first time? Were they as shocked as everyone else? Yeah, I think they liked it because they, they look good. If they, You know, <laughs> like if, if you feel good in something, it, it just gives you that boost, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. So um, going back to players then, uh, well, firstly, which one of them gave you the name Lovejoy? Lovejoy? A little birdie's told us that they used to call you Lovejoy. No, that came from... He's the actor, isn't he? Me and McShane. Ian McShane, yeah. As it, I can't remember. Frenchy, maybe? We were in Bournemouth. Uh, at one of them posh hotels. And he was in there and there were some kids. Like, you know, how people look and see somebody and give somebody a nickname. and <laughs> But I think Miss Swinton, mates. I think I got it years ago. Oh, it come, come before, yeah. I'm guessing, I can't remember, but yeah, I'm <laughs> you asked me that. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, your players again, who in your opinion was the best United player in your time at the club? Well, Deansy, you know, Brian had come as a young kid and he had all the tools, then he left foot, right foot, good in air, quick. But as, like I say, I like football and I like footballers and I think Hodge, Glenn, Glenn Hodges was, was probably the complete the best footballer um i think he could play now watching any of these top teams his technique his balance and his passing his left foot were magic really yeah he was brilliant so, weren't he? i liked him I, I mean and a great kid as well you know watch really good kid Dan. you know really good when i came home one year when he was at blackburn he picked me up and took me in to watch him train at blackburn when he was there with Mark Hughes and him, brilliant. And he's doing okay at Wimbledon now, I think. Yeah, yeah, still in game, isn't he? Yeah. Related to that, who do you think was the most underrated at United? Either, you know, didn't get the recognition they deserved, not from fans or from, you know, wider football? Johnny Gannon, without a doubt. Terrific player. And Ian Bryson. Any of them two. Very good, both of them. Loved yeah, them. proper and Once again, great, uh, good kids. Great, great people. Really good people. And uh, we, we've spoken to Derek French, and you've sort of mentioned it earlier as well. Um, and going to players as well, they, it sounds like there was some fairly lively stuff went off um, on coaches, on tours, you know, pre-season, stuff like that. Um, who maybe enjoyed themselves most, shall we say? Well, I know me and Frenchie did. <laughs> <laughs> that is for sure. Um, well... There's so many, so many. I could, I could write a book on the funny things that happened, really. But some of them you would never, you couldn't really, you, you couldn't really like put it out in public. David Barnes' name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, he did the funniest sketch I've ever seen by any anybody at any time. Um, and I got some characters when I lived in Denneby and Mexico. We were in Sweden and we played this game and it was late at night. We were over Arctic Circle and it was that 24-hour daylight. And uh, they took us back to this bar restaurant and um, we had us food and we had a couple of beers and beers expensive over there. So for some reason, someone started singing. Not the players, just the, the place. 
So all the lads joined in. So the landlord said, oh, I like this. Or whoever's in charge, keep singing. You can have another beer. Well, <laughs> that was <one, laughs> the 30 blokes singing and shouting. Next minute, Barnsley just appeared from out of the toilet. And these long tables, you know, like them when everybody sits opposite each other and our way down. They put all these tables together for us. And there were pipe pots and salt pots and pepper pots and flowers. Next minute, Barnsley, <coughs> he came out of the toilet. He'd not got a stitch on. Completely bollock name. He had toilet paper around his head like a turban type thing. He had toilet paper on his wrists, around his waist, over his balls and up his arse. And it was hanging down on the floor and it was on fire. It set it on fire. And he jumped up on the tables. <laughs> and he's doing Lord of the Dance. Dance, dance. He's going across these tables. And his toilet paper on fire getting closer to his ass. He's <laughs> we were rolling. Absolutely hilarious to watch. Was it David Barnes on the aeroplane as well that uh, got a bit lively when you... When you, after he got promoted, was it when they, some got arrested and he Bassett's team spoke? No. No, I, I didn't. <laughs> no, Wayne Barnsley. I'll defend him. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's one for not for public consumption, then that one. It's <laughs> not for me to say. <laughs> <laughs> Who should we be asking then? Ask the gaffer, he'll tell you. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> So who do you reckon were your top three then that if you know if if they were out things would get a bit lively? Obviously yourself and Frenchie, but then you know beyond it went that. Through, it went through drinking too much beer. It was just, <laughs> just <laughs> Yeah, they were a yeah, yeah, they were a fun group, they were some characters. Are you still in touch with any of them? Um not like on a daily phone call and stuff like that, because I live over in how um when when I go back, I, I go back in season and I, I always go down to the lane, or I have done since Chris has been in charge, when Mickey Adams was in charge, because Mickey's a good mate. I worked with Mick at Forest with Harry and uh, kept in touch with him. So I go back and I see, uh, is it Gary Sinclair and, and John Garrett and Claire? They, they get me a platinum suite. I just put a phone call and say, listen, I'd like to come to the game if, I mean, I'd go and buy a ticket, I'm not bothered, but they always get me in there in Platinum Suite and it's good to see, I see Brad's and Wardy, Duff, Gagey, uh, a couple of times I've been back, Alan Kelly with there with his wife and son, uh, Paul Rogers twice, Bobby Booker, so it's good to see them. The last twice I've been back, I've called in that nice hotel that's built inside the ground because Kid called the Inchwood said to me, Dane goes in there, Dane Whitehouse. So I've gone in there twice, me and my son, and looked around for him and never been able to see him. So I, I, whether I'm going to the wrong place or what, but he's a good lad, Dane. I like Dane. Um, uh, as I say, so I haven't seen him. Uh, Dougie Hudson from Australia, he bounces some funny things to me now and again. Uh, so, yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Brilliant. Uh, you mentioned as well, um, you sort of over there in the States. How did that come about? What you're up to now? I think you're picking up some of the lingo, I, I heard. You, you referred to it as the locker room rather than yeah, the dressing yeah, room. Yeah. Just, uh... <laughs> I, put myself up. I mean, 
get slaughtered when I come home and say cock soccer or PK. <laughs> You've not um, lost your accent, though. Well, that's right. I don't want to, really. I don't want to. Um, how did it come about? Well, I always wanted to come here, but I was having such a good time at United. And it's a good life to be in. And I didn't get in while I didn't, like, mid-40s, early 40s. But I've been at it States, and I always knew in my mind, I always had my own confidence that I could be good at what I do. Now, I'm never going to get a chance in England because it is a close shop. And uh, I went and did my licences. To be fair to Davey, he helped me along on that. Dave Bassett and Keith Minchin, they all helped me. And um, I didn't actually come over till I, I left Barnsley because I went from United. When I left United, I remember driving out of car park on a Friday afternoon going up to Norwich and I bore my eyes out. And I, 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 I blowed it, boss. And I just turned around and I said, I'm not going. Is that when Charles, is that when Charles Green came in and Kendall? Steve Thompson. Steve yeah. Thompson didn't like, didn't like that regime. And okay. Jack McDonnell and them. Yeah, I didn't like them. And I quit. And on Saturday morning, Howard Kendall phoned me. And he said to me, hey, lad, I've just heard that you've... Uh, Took some balls to do that, just walk out. He says, come down here. They were playing Leeds away. And he says, come down to the hotel. Come down and, and sit with us. I went, he was all right, him, I would get up. Um, and then I left and I went to, I went to Forest. And then I went to Barnsley and I didn't like Barnsley. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't, I didn't like being there. They were like, having been to two proper football clubs. Because Forest is a proper football club. Mm, yeah, day. yeah. You know, um, I, I just didn't fancy Barnsley. And I got the chance to come over here. Uh, I'd had three chances and turned them down. And Harry said to me, listen, I'm not going forever. You, you want to go and have a try, you'll always find something to do back here, whether it's scouting or what you've learned now, you'll get involved somewhere. So I came over here in 2002 and I've been here ever since. Is it, it near, it's near Philadelphia, is it? Sorry, Mark. Yeah, I'm 30 minutes outside the city of Philly, uh, 45 to New York, and 30 minutes to the beach, so it's nice. It's Historically, it's where George Washington uh, crossed the River Delaware uh, for the revolution, so if ever you Google that, it's a beautiful place, it really is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, I had a day trip to Philly when I'd been to New York, I know me and Mark went to New York, and uh, we had a few group of us, but I went, went to Philly, but I didn't stay very long. It reminded me of Sheffield a bit, it looked quite similar when I was there, I don't yeah. know. Philly, Philly's not like it, it's very humid as well down in city. Um, it's quite nice. There's a lot of, you know, it's a sports town. They're all they're all nuts. They're all nuts with eagles and hockey and basketball. I'm gonna say, do you, do you like any American sports? So is it you're not bothered? No, I like my football. I I have to, I have to get on with it because everybody here does. You know, it's you know, like football's never off telly back home. Well, American football's never off telly back here. And, but they've done a great job with football here. I can't believe it. I don't miss any games now. I don't miss any games. I've got Apple TV. Uh, I've got my regular, whatever I have to have, my Verizon. NBC show three games live. The 7.30 in the morning one, which is your 12.30. Yep. You can't get a three o'clock game in England, although hopefully we're going to get them shortly. Um, 
So we get we get that, and then we get the twelve thirty game. We get that, and then if you want uh, Italian, Spanish, they all follow on. <laughs> it's never ended. It's fun, fun full day. Oh yeah, and Fox have German football. The one football I don't watch is the MLS. It's shy. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. I mean, they're kidding themselves. I'm glad they've got something, but it's not nowhere near. I was going to say the youth soccer seems really impressive there, like girls soccer and stuff. But then I don't know. It seems to lose its way somewhat after that. I don't know. Well, the girls soccer is the best, isn't it? I mean, I got involved. I, I, I have to do both boys and girls part of my job. And someone said to me, he'll never work with girls in. And I won a national championship. <laughs> so, because I just, and they liked it because they, you treat them as people, as players. So what I, I didn't do anything different with them than what I did with a man's team or a boy's team. Nothing different. Mm, nothing yeah. at all. Uh, whether it be everything I learned at Sheffield United, I put in place here. Second balls, crosses, corners, free kicks little bits of blocking off and stuff like that. Everything that we were sort of training around, I just brought here. And I'm miles in front of anybody. Yeah, so so obviously, Harry, big influence on what you've been doing then, do you think? Yeah, very. Him, Jeff, Minchia, John Dunworth, at that time at Sheffield United. Um, I watched Paul Hart at Nottingham Forest, very, very good. Um, they, they were my main mentors. I would Kendall and Inchie were, and Viv Busby, they were a bit different. They, that was all like uh, pass, 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 keep it, keep it, keep it. And then first five minutes on a Saturday, all I used to be on our bench, we'll get it behind them. And I was like, <laughs> 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 so, you know, I have a laugh with Adrian Heath because he's over here. He, he coaches an MLS team and I bump into him at some conventions or I did do, I haven't seen him for a while. And he always comes to take the piss like, yeah, we had to come to Sheffield and show you how to play proper football, not that bastard way. And I said to him, listen, when you were at Everton, would your school of science, or you ever did, would bump it up to Andy Gray and Sharpie and knock it down for you? I said, so <laughs> don't start talking bollocks to me. <laughs> we've, <laughs> asked every, we've asked everyone who the, who the zone man was at Leicester. We were getting lots of different answers. You want to give us an answer? Well, funny. Well, we, we, Booker said someone else did. Book. He said Colin Hill. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know where that one's come from. It's a new one. Well, I think Jeff, Jeff and Harry, uh, I think they were playing four cameras that day, do you? It took pressure <laughs> off because team were able to relax for 10 minutes. Oh, what a Took the mind off game, trying to think out what the hell's going on. You know, one thing, it's funny, there's a couple of things that stand out for me in that is that get that blow shouted, please keep off the Tonight, go right to your yeah. seat. 10,000 on pitch. I can yeah. hear it all the time. But, you know, me and Frenchie went early. We didn't go for a pre-match meal. They went to a hotel, dropped him off. I remember Frenchie saying, he might have been a bit nervous, Frenchie, I'm not sure, but I remember him saying, come on, let's go straight down the ground and get it all set up so it's, it looks a bollocks so when they came in and all that. And I said, yeah, yeah, I'm good with that. So we go down and it was roasting. Can you remember that day? Mm-hmm. Oh, it was boiling up, and we had dressing door wide open. There were no names on chairs then, so it didn't matter what what you put up. Nobody knew we were going to be playing him. So I hung them all up, got everything nice, and this police guy comes in, and he says, "You'll not be able to play in them shirts." And my arm 
tongue, I swear to God, my stomach dropped. Because he said that they were the same colour as all the stewards and his police officers. The linesman at referee won't be able to distinguish. And I, I don't know why, but we were playing in that kit and I never took the red and white. I remember phoning Andy Dakin to see if we get hold of Mincher and before they set off to, to get me a set of red and white shirts just in case. And uh, when Harry called, I told him and he just, <laughs> he just told this bloke to, to just do one really. <laughs> but it's funny because I mean, the whole touchline were full of them lime green shirts, weren't it? So, yeah. I don't know what the linesman would have seen who were offside or not. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, sunny day like that, yeah, well, crowd's got it on as well anyway, so yeah, yeah, to use that as an funny excuse. Funny how you remember things like that, though, you just go back in time, little things that happened, but that that were a, that were a great day, that. Coming back to Lane, I don't think I've seen anything like that. Mm. It seemed to take ages to get from Brian Irene's shop. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I know we were a bit, we were only young then, so we didn't, you know, we went out to the Stoke one last year and that they said that was similar and just like so ridiculous that coaches trying to get in and get get past everyone that brain Irene shop is not there no more is it no no I th- well i think it's still a, it might be still a shop but it's not the same sort of shop as it was now it's it's yeah. all changed now around there a lot of the pubs have gone off london road it's uh, not quite the same as it was johnny pemberton only blow to put a ball from ramon lane into brian Irene's. really <laughs> They always joke with him. When he used to have his boots, have you packed this? Have you packed me Nikes? Have you packed this? Have you packed that? I used to say, I'll pack your stand finders. That's all you need. <laughs> <laughs> his Nike stand finders. Brilliant. Right. I, th- I think we're nearly about done time-wise. It's been brilliant sort of chatting to you. So we are, we are going to upload all these. We've talked some more, so we'll send you all the links and stuff, and hopefully you'll be able to reminisce with some of the you know the other people that have spoke as well. We really, really appreciate your time, uh, you know, giving, giving up some time to speak to us uh, today. And uh, it's been really interesting, some of the stories. that I'd not heard some of the stuff before. Yeah, absolutely brilliant, yeah. Have you got a final message for any Blaze fans uh, back over here? They must be loving it. Yeah. I mean, I enjoy watching them here. Mm. I like Sometimes I have to go down at fields when they're playing, but I can catch it. Yeah. I can get back and start it again. Some of the football they're playing is is different class and it's really good. It's like, it's like Christmas Day every day when we go, honestly. Well, I'm in a way, it's brilliant. Bet. I think for the younger kids who are watching this now, they should embrace it and enjoy it because it's brilliant to watch. And for... Anybody my age and younger, or who's been around in '90 in that era, yeah. they must be thinking, "Wow!" Yeah, it's bringing it all back. I mean, I never thought well, I'd see anything not- like that that sort of period, but it's because because it, it was something different. It was like you know, players and staff were sort of at one with fans, and it was just such a good time. And I never thought I'd see that again. That's what I'm going to say. Like from being on the inside at the, my time. But I'm on the outside now and I, I really, apart from Frenchie giving me a few little bits and pieces when I ask him questions, uh, they, it looks to me like they've got exactly the same same carry-on. No, no big timers. Um, everybody playing for this year. That's yeah. one thing that I would say in our time. Everybody, everybody grafted and worked hard. Mm. And it looks to me like this mob's just the same. Mm. They, are, they yeah. look just the same. 
Um, they never get they never get outworked by any any team they've played right through the divisions and the promotion. yeah yeah uh, when I see them socially when like when they won promotion and they were all drinking and singing and that it's, it got me thinking it's a good job there were no cameras around. There. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just going to say, did you see it in uh, in Chris Wilder? You know, when he was around club, when you were there, did you actually think he's going to make a manager, or is it out of the blue almost? Uh, he's very young then, Chris. Wasn't he? He's only young at United. Yeah. And he used to run a pub team though uh, on a Sunday morning, so maybe he always been a footballer, and all his mates are football fans. He run Bradway, didn't he? A pub mm. called Bradway, mm. Sunday morning team. Yeah. And our part part of the gate in it's went. And I remember, wait, wait, uh, Chris's mate, maybe mm. Chris remember now, but there were one game they played each other in Sheffield Sunday Cup and they were playing in a Sheffield United kit and the gate to end up in a Sheffield United kit. <laughs> <laughs> and I provided them both. <laughs> um, so I don't know about that. I mean, he was always a technical player, Chris. I will say that. Like he, him and Mitch Ward didn't like to boot it too far. They wanted to play football. Always wanted to play football. Um, but no, I, I, I'll, I'll be telling lies if I said, you know, people will say, oh yeah, I see that. I, I wouldn't say I did. I wouldn't say I did it. I just didn't think about that. Yeah, yeah. You know, There's definitely got... similarities between him and, and Bassett there when you, you see uh, him. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, when I, I thought he was brilliant when I saw an interview, I think, what, when what it, you'll tell me when he said um, if if anybody wants to leave here let them leave I'm not bothered yeah. we only want yeah. um, the way he said that and I'm thinking that's long overdue he's got the confidence of the club though to be able to say that now and do that from what he's achieved but I yeah. still think he believed it and uh, yeah. that that's what's needed in football I mean it's, yeah. that's what's needed we're all fans aren't we yeah and I don't begrudge him any money and what they get in but as long as they're playing, you like your team to be the club, don't you? You like them to be yeah. like they were, and they are. Yeah. So that's what, that's what I like about them. I like it. I like them, and they're just good to watch. You've got some good players. Well, hopefully, we'll get back to it soon, and we can uh, carry carry on the journey. I don't know if we'll let you keep our goalie though. Well, this is it. I yeah, to, <laughs> I might have to put a call into Sir Alex and say. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. Well, thank you very much, John. We, we'll let you go. I uh, really appreciate uh, your time, as I say, and uh, we'll, we'll get it all uploaded and we'll send it across to you. Yeah, good luck to all of you. Good luck, Chef United. I hope they get in Europe. No thank worries. You. Thanks, John. Cheers. Thanks, John. Really appreciate it. See you later. Bye. 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 What about that interview then, lads? Fantastic. Yeah. Brilliant. Com- comes across really well. Passionate about football. Great, great insight. As well as a fan, I was really listening to every word that he come up, you know, come out with. Found it really interesting. Any yeah. uh, new his stuff, he knew his stuff, and it was good to hear. Good old Greavesy. I, I thought when we got him on, I half expected because I'd, I'd known obviously he'd been in the states for quite a long time, and I expected a, this American accent to come on. It was quite <laughs> reassuring when he came with his very broad kind of, you know, Yorkshire accent, and was, you know, just it, it was like he'd, he'd never, never left it, left the country. I was thinking listening to it because, you know, every now and again on a Sunday night we work, I think, oh, God, work tomorrow. He loved his job, didn't he? And you could sense that in, in the way that he came across. And I just think 
you know, he kind of chose that path and went down it and really had a good career and clearly, clearly loved it. So. I think most people in football are lucky to be in football, aren't they? Because it is, for most people, it is their hobby that becomes a job. But yeah, I think, I think it's that 1990 squad as a whole just absolutely loved it. But him in particular, I mean, sounds like he'd do anything. Johnny Nine jobs. <laughs> um, and yeah, he just, he, he clearly did love it, like you say. Well, well he, says, he says when he left the car park, didn't he? He absolutely bawled his eyes out after just quitting. And I mean, my God, he said Howard Kendall said it'd take some balls to do that. But to walk out of a job he absolutely love, that must have hurt. Yeah, just a really nice guy. I didn't want to take him to task when we were talking about that white one-off kick because he was such a nice guy that it was. I think it was the Sunderland game where we had to uh, wear that kit, not the Palace game. I thought I'll leave it because he was so nice. He really did want to take him to task. He's such a <laughs> such a stickler for that sort of thing, aren't you? Despite, despite getting your stats wrong in in Booker's interview, I did. Your pod history has been littered with mistakes, <laughs> so I think we should let Greaves, John Greaves, off on this one. And he's underrated player. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Left peg, Hodges, you know, they saw it. What a player, what a guy. Yeah, and, and called him Hodge. So yeah. it, it wasn't just Bassett. We just thought Bassett were losing it and just didn't know his name, but that must have been his nickname. And, uh, and, and the kit man to the greatest kit in football history. Uh, you know, there's some good insight on that kit as well. Really good. Insight. He didn't choose that kit though, did he? Pick, he picked his favourite kit as the uh, strings one. The laces. Yeah, but he still loved it, didn't he? Oh, uh, yeah, and it's interesting, like you say, to hear about that little bit of insight about what goes on when they're picking kits that, you know, they get sent stuff by Umbro and they can they can pick one out, and stuff, which which probably proves why they end up, with, you know, a lot of clubs end up with similar away kits and things like that. But no one else had the balls to go for that one, obviously. John was right as well in terms of the best combination was the black shorts for me with that yellow kit. Uh, I thought it looked great. I'd totally forgotten about them black shorts till he mentioned it. Even though, like, we played in them loads and loads of times, I just complete. When I picture that kit, I picture it with the red shorts. But yeah, you're right, and he's right, obviously, that it is the best combo. No, yeah. good man. Very good man. Top bloke. Yeah, very good. Absolutely fantastic. And another one we we could have probably spoke to for longer. Um, you know, just chatting about United, about stuff back in the day. It was just just really warm guy that just you know just just lovely. Yeah, yeah, re- really, really grateful for him giving up his time because it was just brilliant. Really enjoyed talking to him. Are you going over to Philadelphia, you too? You sound as though you got on really well with him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it will we take him out for a drink. He, uh, we, we owe him a pint, so um, or whatever, whatever measure they drink over there, I can't remember. Just, <laughs> but we'll get him a beer in. Good. 